you're locked in with the the site set, you know, on your target, so to speak. Uh, this is this is what I want to do. I'm I'm locked in on this. Um, you know, Luke Combs wrote a song about it, and he said, um, someone asked him once in an interview, almost the exact question you asked me, what would you do if you weren't doing this? And he said, I'd be doing this if I wasn't doing this. Some fuel at the local station. Yeah, I hit the quickie mart for some drinks, food, and conversation. This girl put it in park, I wasn't waiting on an invitation. Cause it's 4.59 on Friday time. And what I'm trying to say is, I've only got a minute till quitting time. This truck's made for 200 hop inside. I'll take you anywhere down to my last time We can get it all started after quitting time If you wait just a minute, honey, what do you say? We can leave after that, I carry you away We've only got a minute, honey, what do you think? Be my Friday night, Saturday, church going Sunday. Hello everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show. And check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts through all the major streaming services, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on YouTube at Living in the Limelight Podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation with a different artist where we delve into what makes them tick, and sometimes we get pro tips on pursuing a career as an artist. If you are a performer or know someone who is, and would like to be considered for our show, check out the questionnaire at livinginthelimelight.com. And thanks so much for listening. Jonathan Hillbrown is a young artist who is quickly on the rise. He's been singing since he could talk, but his passion really took hold a couple of years ago when he did a solo at a Christmas chorus concert. He has been moving toward his dream ever since, having released three songs and played numerous shows. He has a tremendously supportive network and is incredibly thankful for everyone who has given him some encouragement. In this episode, Jonathan shares his passion for music, performing, and for creating his art. So let's get right to it and welcome Jonathan Hillbrown to Living in the Limelight. Hello. Hello, is this Jonathan? Yes, sir. Excellent. Uh, Welcome to Living in the Limelight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, You, as many of the people I talk to, are super super busy i know we rescheduled once and uh you're you're gigging all the time so i, I would actually love to dig into that can you frame it for the people listening because a lot of people listening to these podcasts are are music fans right they're listening they're watching they're appreciating but really i can't even, i personally can't imagine what it's like to have a show like every night or almost every night or a few a week and the preparation around that is it is it a good busy? Is it sometimes up and down? How would you frame it for like how your life has been the last year doing shows and stuff? Well, um, it's, it's really a good busy. Cause I mean, of course the, the preparation for it is sometimes tough when like, if you, you know, if you're learning a new song, you have to work extra harder on that, but it's all worth it. 
in the end because when you walk out there on that stage, it's the time of your life. And it's like a feeling that it's just, it's one of those feelings you can't explain. Would you, if you could choose, if you could like, I mean, it's not theoretically possible to live on a stage, but would you just jam pack your, your every night, if you could, with playing music? Would that just be the, the, the best for you? Well, um, I'm not going to say every night. I mean, I would try to balance it out. Uh Um, but I would definitely, you know, at least every week. Is it sort of like a, a, maybe this is a, you know, I'm supposing something. It's kind of like a glass getting filled up. You get, what's the feeling you get when you're in front of the crowd and, and you're playing both covers and some of your original work too, but what's that? what's that connection that you feel when you're, why is it so rewarding to be on the stage um, delivering music? Well, um, I mean, cause it, it just makes you feel good that all that hard work that you did during the preparation during the week or um, the week before, or um, whenever you prepared for this show mm-hmm. or while you're preparing for this show, all that hard work you put in learning that new song or all that preparation you put into figuring out what songs need to go into what section of your set list or, you know, just um, little things you say to the crowd when they're, you know, all cheering and having a good time. It just makes you feel great that all this hard work is finally paying off Does for this, yeah, good these key. people. Does it sort of feel like a, a natural place for you? Like, have you sort of, I mean, you're, you're 15 still, right? Or have you had a birthday? <laughs> still, um, is it, is yes, it, sir. I mean, it's, it's kind of natural now, okay. but, um, at the beginning it was kind of nerve wracking uh-huh. having all those people looking at you. But, um, as you, as you keep doing it, it starts to feel normal. And when you're not on stage, it kind of feels like, you're missing like if you were watching a concert it kind of feels like you should be up there because you're you're wanting that feeling of making those people you know have fun and um you know have a good time so it kind of feels like i i want to do this even more now and so to you it's sort of like a core uh, need is sort of what I'm hearing. So like you're watching, you know, some of the, the, the greats on stage and they've got their concerts with 30, 50, hundred thousand people or whatever. And you're like, I want to be there. I want to be doing that. You feel the, the pull as much as you feel the appreciation of what they're doing. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <sighs> That's really amazing. So can you see yourself doing anything else besides this as a career, as a future for you, or is this, are you feel like you're locked in with the, the site set, you know, on your target, so to speak? Uh, this is, this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm locked in on this. Um, you know, Luke Combs wrote a song about it and he said, um, someone asked him once in an interview, almost the exact question you asked me, what would you do if you weren't doing this? And he said, I'd be doing this if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> yeah. Great answer. Or, or I'd be tr- 
getting whatever out of the way to do this so I could do this. Yeah. That's, that's testament, I believe to, to someone who's, who's found their way. You know, there's just like, you, you'd have to be pulled away clawing at, at the stage to say, Oh no, 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 no. I, I'm here. Right. You know, it's, it's your place. And I, yes, sir. I can really appreciate that. Cause you're, you know, you're young and a lot of, and a lot of kids your age are like, well, and, and it does take some people some time, I'm not knocking that, but it's, it's great that you know so early. So now you can hone your craft and practice it and, and perform. Um, I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, and I hope that you realize it's kind of a rare thing too, uh, to know yes, so sir. early. Yeah. I'm sure people have told you that. So even though you're young now, let's go way back. Cause I love to feel, um, fill you out on how this all started because clearly you've told me it's like it's a draw it's a it's i don't know to use like i'm gonna use an old analogy this here this may not be apply apply to you or get it but like the um the tractor beam in star trek i don't know if you ever watched that show but basically do you know what i'm talking about yes sir i have heard i've heard (laughs) it's a good show but i've never watched it i've watched a couple of star wars movies and i tried to get into those but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've heard Star Trek is way better than Star Wars, though. <laughs> I would agree, but we're gonna get all sorts of hate on that one. But what it is basically, <laughs> the concept is like: so you're in a ship, and the the planet um, is got some mechanism, right? And it's it's literally attached to your computer in a like it's a laser beam, so to speak, and it pulls the ship into the planet. Like you can't even get out of it. It's a suck, like a strong pull. And, um, that's, that's what you have. Like you said, I've got to be doing it. I got to be doing it. So I'd love to go back to when you were just a little kid and those first times, cause you said it was scary, uh, the first few times. And, and I'd want to, I want to know, like work through that. Like, how did you work over the fear? But before you get to that part, tell me like, when was the first time you, you picked up a, an instrument or, or went into a microphone or whatever. And you're like, music is fun. <laughs> Well, the first time I uh, ever performed live was um, actually in school. I got invited to our school chorus class, and um, our teacher gave me a solo. Mm. And um, if you watch the video now, I was stiff as a board. I mean, I was scared to death. But um, after that, all those people cheering, it just kind of it kind of makes it's like a it made me feel like a warm feeling inside, like, Hey, I like this. Mm -hmm. And so for that Christmas, my parents got me my first guitar and, um, I started taking guitar lessons in January 1st. (laughs) And, um, I was working on that. And, um, so February comes around and, um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still working on my guitar, but, um, I, we go to guitar center in, um, Atlanta, Georgia, Uh and, um, they have this Gibson J45 that I absolutely fell in love with because we were just going just to look and, um, danger, danger, going to a guitar store, a guitar (laughs) store just to look, uh oh, I think I know what's going on. (laughs) <laughs> and and so um i mean i played probably five or six guitars that night but i kept coming back to this one 
And I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, are we going to get this guitar? And he said, no. <laughs> and um, so we started on our way home because we live about uh, between an hour and an hour and a half away from that um, that That's store. Cool. Yeah. And he said, you know, there is a way you can buy that guitar. Mm. And I said, how? <laughs> I mean, I was all excited about bet, it. And he yeah. goes, he goes, well, you got a four-wheeler in the building you never ride. Mm -hmm. And he expected an immediate no after he said that. I bet he did. And, um, well, I said, okay. Oh. And um, the next morning, I got the key, and um, I took me a little, a little piece of cardboard and a Sharpie, and I wrote, for <laughs> sale. And I took the key, and I... Um, you know, I cranked it up and I drove it up to the end of the driveway and I was, there was a couple of people passing down our dirt road that we live on and I was flagging them down like, hey, come by this. Yeah. Um, none of them stopped. And um, <laughs> dad was expecting me to change my mind and I didn't. And uh, he went and put it on Facebook Marketplace and, you know, found somebody and they bought it. And um, we went back to Guitar Center and we bought that. That uh, Gibson J forty five. Oh my goodness! And, uh, how long I've been you, playing it since that day. How many, how long were you? Was your four wheeler for sale? Uh, it sold that day. I'm not <laughs> sure. It was a couple, it was a few hours. And so you went back to Guitar Center as soon as you possibly could. Did you go back within within a day or two, or was it like a, a little bit of a delay? And you're you were anxious to get there. I think it was the next day <laughs> because we had something to do that day uh -huh. and then i think it was the next day because we were gonna we were gonna put it on hold because i was somewhere else i don't remember where it was mm -hmm. but i went somewhere and we called to have them put it on hold and they said they wouldn't hold it mm -hmm. and so we my parents went and picked it up and I came home and it was sitting in the living room and I had the biggest smile on my face I probably ever had. Wow. I can, I can imagine cause I, I got drums, um, for Christmas one year and it was a similar kind of story. It's like, yeah, we we can't do that. Are you kidding me? And I did, you know, I'd work it off basically, but it, um, it, it is, it's it, when you know you like music and that's a trick, like a tool of the trade, so to speak, it, it's a super big deal. So when you sold that four wheeler and your dad was like, yeah, you never ride that thing. Did you have any, I call it buyer's remorse or misgivings or like feel like part of your childhood was kind of going away or was you, were you even at that age right then were you so solid on this is the right choice and I, I think I'm moving forward. How did it feel for you? Well, um, when I drove it up there, I mean, I was, I was so excited. I mean, there are times that I do miss it because mm -hmm. I mean, it'd just be fun, but I mean, not really, I don't really miss it that much Yeah. to where I'd go and, you know, sell, I would never sell that guitar to buy another four wheeler. Huh. I mean, um, that's my guitar. That's like, um, you know, that's one of my prized possessions. But um, I don't think 
I have any buyer's remorse of it. Well, that's good. I, I, that that means it was a great purchase for you, and and I can hear it in your voice, calling it a prized possession, and you know, just do you see it as a or as besides just like you're playing a song and it's the instrument with the music coming out? Do you see it um, as more than that because it it is part of your you've written several songs? Is it how is it connected to you as a songwriter? Well, um. See, it's um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like um, it's like for all you parents out there that are listening, it's kind of like one of your children. Oh wow! You know, it's one it's one of those things that's like, wow, this is, you know, it's like it's kind of hard to explain, really. Um, I mean, when I'm up there singing with it, it's like it. It, it makes you proud. The the pride that comes from that, would it be from, take like take the value away, because I know it wasn't free. It, you had to put some money down to get that thing because it's a great instrument. But if you take the value away and like the money away, as, a, as a, an item that you string around your neck and you play with, and it's, it's playing the music or you're playing the music but it's emitting the sounds with your voice is would, how would you describe it in terms of the value for you? Like, um, no way to measure it. Yes. Yeah, so there's like, there's no way to measure it. It's the, it's like, it's my, it's my first guitar that I bought. So it's like, you know, um, it's like, mine that I went out and I did it myself. So that's part of it. It's kind of like the, uh, the first one. Do you see yourself as on down the road when, when your career is developed? Do you see yourself collecting um, a few more? Uh, yes, sir, definitely. <laughs> Do you have your eyes on another one, uh, maybe to be the, the brother of the one you've got? Well, um, I actually just recently bought another one, so I don't think there's going to be another one for quite a while. <laughs> what did you just pick up? Uh, I picked up a Gibson Doves in Flight. Hun, how's that one going for you? It's one of the best guitars I've ever heard. Nice. What? What do you? I mean, how, why do? You, how do you appreciate it? Like, what? Um, what's? What about it? Do you love? Well, I mean, it's just a. If you've ever seen one, it's a beautiful guitar, mm -hmm. and I've I've wanted one for a couple of years since I found one. Um, I found it online because I was looking, you know, at the Gibson website and stuff, figuring out. I mean, I've I've wanted one for a couple of years, but I was figuring out what makes this sound so great, and I was reading through the story and looking through some of their guitars that they had and they had a Gibson Doves in flight and it was just, I fell in love with it. It was so, it was just a beautiful guitar. So let's, let's dream a little bit here because I love to dream with the people I have on the show. Let's say um, two years from now, you're at a show, um, you're headlining, you got, say 5,000 people in the crowd. 
you have um, f- 10 of your own original songs and you're going through your set and you take a break. Like it's time to take a break and another band comes up or whatever and you're just, you're off stage and some guy comes up to you or a gal and she's like, hey, hey, Jonathan, um, we love what you're doing with our with our guitars. We'd love to like um, endorse you as an artist and it's the person's from Gibson. Um, what <laughs> what would be your reaction to be like an endorsed artist, a, an artist who plays the instruments um, and showcases the instruments for that company? Um, well, I would be speechless. Um, I mean, by the time words come out, it would be time for me to go back on because <laughs> I would be so in shock. But, um, I mean, I would definitely like, that would be a dream come true for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I would just be speechless. Well, I, and I'm a big believer in you put things out in the universe, uh, just to kind of see what happens. So if, if this podcast makes it to Gibson's ears, there you go. You have right in front of you, someone who is a 100,000%, uh, artist in love with your with your your tools of the trade so yeah we'll see if we can collectively make that happen on down the road i think that's awesome so um even further back maybe because i think you talked about your first time on stage do you remember like when you're a kid listening to music and singing it around house or um was that talent show or sorry the school uh, yeah the school talent show was that the first time you like sort of felt the the pull was it any time earlier or do you think that was like the beginning well um to begin with actually when i was a little kid um i would come home because i used to play football before i decided i wanted to do music Mm -hmm. but um when i was a little kid i would be you know we'd come home from football practice or something and i would sing songs um, usually like, um, let's see, I think faithfully by journey. Great um, uh, let's see what else. I, th- I think footloose. <laughs> these um, are, these were songs, songs like that, your, that your parents were playing in the car at the, in the house. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's my and, generation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, I'd sing them and, um, you know, dad would video them and post them on Facebook and, but then that kind of went away because I was working on football mm-hmm. and then um, I did, just got so busy with football that kind of went away for a little bit actually. And then I got the invite to uh, the course class at school. I mean, okay. like a few years later and then, you know, all of this just came back. Wow. So even with with football, I want to don't just want to say in the way because you know that's a it's a great thing growing up to do. It's a good activity, you know, and a good exercise outlet. But it, even with something like that, that's super strong, and uh, I know I'm sure your parents love to watch you play. But there, it seemed like maybe that was like covering up uh, this this want this need to kind of develop music, and uh, so now it's full force, and I, I think that's great. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about the music that you've created because it still baffles me. Um, I talk to people of all ages on this show, and when I talk to young people like you, I just I'm I'm in awe. I'm in total respect for the creation of art and the creation of music. And so, 
Um, I've got three songs here listed on my notes here. The, the Church Going Sunday, California Sand, and For the Stars and Stripes. I'd love for you to talk about all three of them um, and like in whatever order you want and how it was that you developed those songs, why they came about, how you feel when you sing them just to, cause to that's, that's your, that's like your, your zone, right? That's your um, wheelhouse. And I think that's where people will really get to know you a lot. If they can hear you narrate how you came up with your music, what it was like and what's it like singing them today? Well, um, for the stars and stripes was actually, it was, um, it was, it was a great moment because this guy reached out on Facebook and his name is Mr. Ricky Dunn. He lives in North Carolina. Okay. And um, he reached out on Facebook and said, hi, my name is Ricky Dunn. I love the way you sing. I'm a songwriter. Here's one of my songs I would like you to sing. And he sent me for the stars and stripes. And it was, it's just, it's an amazing song that tells a great story mm-hmm. of a kid that he's bound and determined kind of like me and the other musicians that would be listening to this show. They're bound and determined to make it in the music industry. Yeah. He was bound and determined. He was going to go serve his country. And unfortunately in the song, he doesn't make it back just like so many others, but he served with pride because he knew freedom wasn't free as it says in the song. Mm-hmm. And you were, how old were you when Ricky reached out to you to sing that song? I was 13, I believe. <laughs> 13. Wow. Can you appreciate the fact that you were probably already kind of in your zone knowing what you're going to do for a stranger, literally to reach across the Facebook and go, I want that person to sing my song. Yes, sir. I mean, I was, I was amazed and it was just, um, it, it kind of let me know that, Hey, I'm going in the right direction here. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it did. Oh man. That's amazing. Cool. Um, and so the recording of it, um, was that the first time you, you did recording, um, of a, of a song? Oh, it was amazing. Cause the, when, when he sent it to me in a demo, mm-hmm. it was nothing but him and an acoustic guitar. Oh. And it just, it amazes me so much to watch a song go from, you know, zero. When I'm, when I say zero, I don't mean like not good. I mean like. Simple. Nothing bare bones. Yeah, stripped. Simple to this amazing piece of art that, you know, like everything just works together and it's just like a, like an awe moment experience to watch this instrument do this and how, how the instruments reflect on the words of the song. Uh. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. Keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, so you said it was a demo with him and a, and a guitar, and it grew, it evolved into a full-fledged song, and you saw the instrumentation 
building around that. And then, you know, your voice, uh, was its own instrument within it. Um, yeah, it, it is amazing. And I think a lot of us who listen to music don't appreciate that, but I hear a lot from musicians and from artists and singers that are like, Oh, you know, it was just this, it was, it was in my voice memos on my phone. Right. And then it became an instrument or, you know, a song with instrumentation. So I love that. So, yes, sir. um, so that one, the words were written by someone else. What about California Sand? California Sand was co-written by myself and um, a friend in Arkansas named Justin Sexton. Okay. And uh, it was written actually about a true story about me and my girlfriend because uh, her name is Brooklyn Summer. She actually used to live in California before she moved to Nashville. Oh, okay. And um, I had gone out there, and we stayed at the Pasea Hotel. I mean, that's in the song. All Everything about that song is a true story. And um, so all the events that played out, it just amazed me how me and him put them into – like a melody of words for a song. And it was just, it was, um, it was great. Okay. So you're gonna have to flesh this out a little bit for me (laughs) because I think the timeline it. So you, where did you meet Brooklyn? We met on Instagram. Okay. And then, after we had been together for a little over a month, I flew out to California to meet her and her family. Got you. Okay. So you got, you met each other on Instagram, got to know each other that way, probably had some phone calls or whatever. And then yes, sir. planned this vacation out there to meet the families to meet. Excellent. Okay. And so that meeting um, inspired the song. Is that what I'm getting? Yes, sir. Okay. And your friend, um, Justin, was he traveling with you or was he a friend from back home? Um, well, he was actually, um, that's another funny story about a different <laughs> song, but um, we're not, we're not going to talk about that song right now. Okay. But um, we met him through a different song that, um, that was pitched to me. And, um, we were when we when we um got back we reached out and was like hey can you write a song about this trip that we just went on and he was like yeah let's do it and so we wrote a song okay so that brings me the 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 question that was burning in my mind so that first time to physically be with Brooklyn and meet her family and put eyes to eyes and go to the beach and all that in the song and the inexperience that inspired you enough or, or more to say, gosh, what a fun experience that that was. It's got my emotions all up. I want to do a song about it. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. So did you tell Brooklyn that you were working on the song when you started working on it or did you just slay her with a surprise? I did not. I actually surprised her with it. <laughs> I would have too. Tell me about that. Cause, um, 
well, we had been working on it, and uh, it was finished and ready to be recorded. And uh, the day I went in the studio, I said, I'm working on a surprise for you. And um, about uh, maybe a week or two later when the guy finished the song, when I saw her the next time, I played it for her. And it was just, I mean, she was so happy with, I mean, she had tears of joy coming out of her eyes. Oh, my goodness. Were you guys together um, physically like then, or was this um, over a phone call or FaceTime or whatever? No, sir. This was like in person. In person. Great. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Or romantic you are at 15. (laughs) (laughs) So she loved it, and uh, she was in tears, and... What was that like for you? Because that's a little different sort of delivery for a song. It's not up on stage singing and playing the guitar. It's it's taking a finished piece and playing it, you know, for somebody that you that you love. What was it like? Well, um, I mean, of course, I was nervous because I was like, <laughs> you know, I hope she likes it. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was really just a, a heartwarming moment to know that she loves the story and this song just as much as I do mm-hmm. when we wrote it. So it sort of validated the relationship in a sense, and it validated your time together and it, it, it encapsulated the moment, I guess. Um, yes, sir. Excellent. Wow. That's so cool. But um, Since we released it and this will come out soon, we um we made a remastered version of it oh. with that um had her singing the backup vocals on um in the song. Really? Oh, yes, that's sir. super sweet. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. That's a that's a great way to do it. And I I'm just crystal balling this, but I imagine there are some really great duets between you two that are on down the road in the future. Like you just you you you've been on stage together. I've seen some posts on Instagram or whatever. But um, can you envision working on her collaboratively with with songs on down the road and doing duets and then sharing ideas back and forth and like that whole relationship? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we actually we're planning to do that actually as soon as we can. But um, we do play some shows together. We have played one in Nashville and a couple around Georgia, we played the one in Nashville at the up rooftop lounge at the Fairfield hotel. Uh And, uh, we played a couple around Georgia and we do do some duets in there. We do like the, um, the duet with Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow, the picture. Oh yeah. I love that song. And then, um, we do a new one called wait in the truck by Hardy and wait and Laney Wilson. Okay. And we do one more. And um, this is a new one we just added to our set. It's called Who Says You Can't Go Home, the Bon Jovi and Jennifer Nettles song. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love the contemporary um, mix you guys are putting in there. That's really great. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to throw old school at you and see if anyone's ever asked you to do this song. But what about Islands in the Stream? Um, I think one person actually asked us to do that, but we didn't, we neither one of us, well, I knew the song, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to play it. Oh, on, and on the instrument, on the guitar. It. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know how to play it and sing it good enough to do it justice to do it during a show. Got you. I appreciate that because you didn't want to like mess it up at all. You want to, you know, honor it the way it is. That's, ah, uh, that one's such a, a great melody and the, the mix of the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton together. Oh my gosh. Yes, sir. You might try it out, see what happens in a rehearsal and, uh, and go through the words. You'd be surprised, you know, cause I, I find that old songs like that stand up pretty well and, uh, and you guys could probably really do it justice. So yes, cool. sir. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's California Sand. Oh my goodness. So Church Going Sunday, which is I'm going to be featured on this podcast on both the beginning and the intro here and at the end. Uh, talk about that one. Well, um, that one was also written by myself and Justin Sexton. Okay. And um, what that song is basically saying is it's telling the story of a guy who's working at um, let's say a gas station and this girl falls up and he, or this girl pulls up in her truck and he just immediately falls in love. Like it's love at first sight. And he says it's four fifty nine on Friday time, which meaning it's Friday. So when he gets off, he's only got a minute. So, what do you say? Will you be my Friday night, Saturday, and church going Sunday? Meaning, I want you to be my good times, mm-hmm. like because Friday night's always associated with a good time, right? But I also want you to be my Saturday, which is like a downtime, like my my weekend, mm-hmm. and my church going Sunday. Meaning, I want you to be my everything. So you know, I want you to come to church with me. I want you to go with me throughout this week until the next Friday, Saturday and church going Sunday and then until the next clever. I like that. And can you, I don't know, this this is very presumptuous to me. So you can refuse to answer, of course, but is there any parallel to that and California and the, the way you feel about Brooklyn? I know you're still young and there's time to grow all that, but, was it like, you know, boom, a, a really strong feeling when when you were on Instagram together or when you first met? Or was it was it a moment like that? Was it like a gas station moment for you where it wasn't, you know, slow? It was just like a quick, uh, this is the person that I want to be my Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Is it based um, off of that no, at sir. all? Okay. It, it was definitely the, um, you know, the, um, the, love at first sight when I met you you're who I want to be my everything yeah so that's that's what the song was based on was that that little section right there and we just wrote around about you know a guy and a working in a store and a girl pulls up in a pickup truck and you know you know and I, I think that song many people relate to because it happens yes sir yeah it happens more often than we all know because like there's lots of encounters like that at gas stations and everywhere so i think that's great yeah that's a it's a great way to frame life because you've got like you said the friday night fun and the saturday night going to the park and you know taking walks and stuff the downtime and then the sunday um being together in a in a wholesome 
nurturing kind of way, it, it, and then it repeats, right? So I think that's cool. Yes, sir. Really cool. So you've co-written slash um, been the singer for three songs now. So what about an original from you from beginning to end? I imagine there is one like burning to pop out. There is one that um, it is still in the process of being written. Uh-huh. Um, but I actually think I'm going to co-write this on um, on my with my good friend Scott Barrier because I have run into some troubles with it. Okay. Because um, when we wrote it, or when I wrote it, I mean, um, I I had no idea that this is the way it went. But we, we walked in the recording studio cause we do the, when you record a song, we do the instrumentals and then at a later date you record the, the vocal part of it. Right. And when we walked in the producer, we did the music and then he said, you know, the way your song goes sounds exactly like, the song Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger. Oh, that's a classic. And I had no idea that that's the way it sounded. And so I'm going to have my friend, Mr. Scott Barrier, help me out on some working with the melody to change it. Got you. Yeah, so you don't have any copyright problems or whatever. That makes sense. Well, so you... That, I guess that brings me to the to the question of when you were starting on this song, did you start on guitar or did you start with the words? Well, I wrote it actually on the way home from Nashville. Okay. Um, and I wrote it in five hours because it's a five-hour drive from Nashville to my house. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the whole song driving down the road and then when we got home, then I put the guitar parts to it. Got you. Okay, so it started with the words for you and, and creating verses and whatnot. And then you're like, I'm going to pick up a guitar and see what I can do melody-wise. Yes, sir. Got you. And, and so when the melody started coming out um, and that similarity to the Bob Seger song was happening, it was totally unknown to you, but... It is a classic, like, well, well-respected song for the ages. What, what's your takeaway from that? Like, because I and and you can speak to this however you want, but to me, if like that happened to me, I'd be like, whoa, I wrote something similar to something that was really, really super accepted. I I must be kind of doing well with what I'm learning here. Did you feel like a little bit of pride? Yes, sir. I mean, I did. Um... Of course, I was like, I got to change this immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, I kind of did feel that sense of, well, if this was a huge hit in the, uh, let's see, probably 80s or 70s or 80s, then I must be doing something right yeah. because it it's already, you know, made its way up the charts and it's done its course. And it's, it's still a great song today and you hear it all the time. Absolutely. But, uh, yes, sir. I did kind of feel that, well, Hey, I must be doing something right then. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I've heard of 
a, a few stories where people, and it's like they're in the studio and they're recording something and then it doesn't quite sound right. And one will turn to the other and like, that sounds like someone else that recorded a song in here two weeks ago or two years ago. And it was this and, and but with no literal connection to it, it just was like a, like a vibe that was happening. So you were channeling, yes, sir. you were channeling Bob Seger somehow and you didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right. So, um, what's your, uh, preferred approach? Let's, let's take a brand new, brand new song, like hot, you, you have an experience, right? And, and you want to create something out of it. Um, and I know that, so from Nashville to your house is five hours and you're putting pen to paper in your, uh, or maybe on your phone, <laughs> you're writing this <laughs> song. Um, if you had all the tools at your disposal, let's say you had a, a home recording studio that was top quality, you had all the instruments and you had musicians all around and stuff. What would you like be the first thing for, would you always go to writing words and getting the thoughts out? Or would you like play around on the guitar and, and, and create like a melody and, and then go, well, hey, I could do some words to this. What do you, how do you feel would be your best way to operate? Well, um, if I had my own home studio and I could do all the things that these big, you know, these, um, you know, producers are doing, I would try, I would, I mean, I think maybe I could like start on the words and maybe finish it with music and then go back and do the words. But I think the words determine the vibe of the song and then the music helps to enforce that vibe that you want to create in this song. Interesting. And that's probably what you're struggling with with your new song is you had a vibe. You had music that was supporting the vibe and now you've got to create different music and so it's going to be a little more of a challenge to recreate. Is that what I'm getting? Yes, sir. Interesting. Yeah. So it is like a, it's a, it's a blend. It's like a sandwich. You got the meat <laughs> and you got the, the things that go with it. Uh, that, yes, sir. Very cool. I love that. Um, well, who knows? Maybe you'll have that one day. Um, I think I actually mentioned on this on the last podcast I did, but um, I'll point you to, um, well, actually I'll ask this question. If you had no other obligations, um, would you do music all day long? Would you be in a studio environment like that creating, or would you want to balance it out and, you know, take a few hours and go spend time with Brooklyn or whatever, you know, like, would you want balance all the time? Are you like really, really gung ho about, about music right now? Well, um, so I would definitely balance it, but if I had like no obligations from 12 to seven o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and I could be in the studio, even just like if I was playing on somebody's song, I would, I would definitely go just for the experience of it. Cause if you've never, if you've never been there in the studio while somebody's creating music, it's, it's really something. It's just, I mean, I would definitely go, but I would, I would still want that balance where I could go spend time with Brooklyn or, you know, um, travel somewhere for the day just to 
go out and have fun with Brooklyn or whoever else I'm with. Yeah. I I can appreciate that. I was wondering what you'd say because, um, you know, too much of any one thing is not necessarily a good thing. So that, that sounds great. I love, and I, but I love your attachment to the, the creation of it and just being with anyone. So that brings me to the next question. If you're at a show and you've got, maybe you went to see one of your friends perform there, um, Brooklyn for that matter. Let's say she's on stage in Nashville and you're, um, you're just coming up for the weekend to visit or whatever. And she's like, Hey, Jonathan, did you bring your guitar? You're like, eh, I got it in the truck. And you like, go grab it. Would you like go instantly and just hop on that stage and do what you could? Would you embrace that or be like, well, I haven't really rehearsed and I'm worried or what would be for anyone asking you to come on, come on stage and, um, or to go in the studio with them, or maybe they're different. Um, do you you feel gravitating gravitated towards all of that and any of that? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I would love to. Like, if somebody asked me to come up stay, on the stage and I had my guitar with me, I would immediately go grab it and I'd join right in. And uh-huh. you know, I just we'd go up there and we'd have a good time. It's not it's not just about yourself having a good time. It's about the crowd having a good time as well. Mm-hmm. But if you're not enjoying it, the crowd's not enjoying it either. Does that make sense? You know, cause like you have to believe in what you're doing in order for somebody else to believe in it. See, so that's a huge lesson for anyone listening for any, I think in any work, you know, walk of life, anything you're doing is if you don't, enjoy it, you should probably do something else. And so you're telling me that you take your enjoyment, your passion for music, and you go to whatever stage, to whatever, whatever environment, and you, you bring that naturally, and then therefore the, the crowd picks up on it and they have a good time. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's like a 30-year-old mature person talking. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to realize that. That's a huge mature outlook, I feel. Um, that to understand that because some people are like it's all about the show and you got to sing well and you got to look good and all that, but no, I don't, it's the passion and it's the it's the drive and the feeling that you bring. Um, everyone, the, the people listening, they're going to pick up on it. We're pretty smart. We're lis- as listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, we've talked about gear, um, and we've talked about gear that you might like to have in the future. So. Let's paint the future for you. Um, you have all of the tools that you want in front of you, all of the, anything's possible. What would you like to see your your music career um, looking like in, in five years? How would it be different from today? Um, in five years, I would, I would love to be touring all over the country, you know, going to um, anywhere from, uh, see the top part the top left part of washington all the way down to miami florida or key west florida i mean we can go even south from that gotcha i mean anywhere from in between those two states or even up the east coast i mean i want to go everywhere and just have you know have fans that are going to come and enjoy themselves and like it would make me happy just to see other people being happy 
and enjoying themselves and me knowing my music is bringing them happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we could put their, you know, everybody waving their big flame lighters in the sky. <laughs> and, um, well, I mean, now I don't think that's allowed anymore. So, I mean, we'd use our phone flashlight. Right. <laughs> but um, the one thing I would definitely keep, you know, always as number one would be to bring people to God just to, you know, so, cause there's a difference between happiness and joy and music might make somebody happy for, you know, an hour or three hours or however long the show is. Mm -hmm. But if you bring somebody to God, that makes them happy for a lifetime. That brings them and joy. even after that, uh, yes, sir. Gotcha. Would you incorporate? Do you do you like to sing um, a mix of secular music and religious music, or do you see you do you see a line between the two? Do you like to um, talk to your crowd and encourage them with um, uplifting stories? What What's a typical performance like for you, and and do you like to bring your faith um, into into your shows? Well, um, I love to, you know, I love. I don't really see a line between country music and I'm not going to say contemporary Christian music because that's usually that's a different genre than country, Mm -hmm. but there are songs out there like, um, Larry Fleet's new song where I find God. That's, that is considered a country song, but it's pointing you to God and saying you can find God in any, anywhere in these places from a bar to the lake to anywhere. Uh And that's, I like to put, songs like that in my show and I'll do things like I fly, I'll fly away or Blake Shelton's song, Savior Shadow talking about, you know, Jesus, our savior is always watching over us and making it where he's going to lead us. Even through hard times, he's still going to lead us. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that the fact that, and that's, that's a core part of you and that you can feel, um, an avenue sharing it through music. It's, it's great. Um, if you look at at Megan Danielle, um, you know, her recent performance and and achievements, another example of of an artist doing the very similar thing. Uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's wholesome and, and it's, and it's great for people to hear. So, um, I will I will be right behind you um supporting you in that. I think it's great. So that's yes, that's sir. 5 years. Now one and a question came up in my mind while you were talking. So um you painted a picture of the of the kind of shows with the the big lighters I love you mentioned that. <laughs> okay, it's all phones. Um then would it matter if you didn't have gold records or top 40 hits or whatever is for you is the concert, the live performance, like the what you can envision, the the bread and butter, the 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 thing that gives back to you, or did, can you? Would it be nice to have a 
and a gold record hanging on the wall too. Well, um, I mean, the concert is definitely like the the meat and potatoes of the of the business that I'm in, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. And I mean, of of course, I would love a gold record hanging on the wall, but if I never get that, I would still be happy with doing music. And of course I would have to provide for my family. So music would probably get cut down quite a bit so that I could work to provide for my family, but I would still definitely do concerts and things so that, you know, I could still bring happiness to people's faces while I'm up there on that stage. So it, you can see it as, as we talked about earlier, that it's a core part of your life that as you, you know, you're young now and you can pour into it with, you have other obligations, but at least you have the roof over your head and food for your, you know, in front of your, for you to eat. But when you start your family, then, then decisions have to be made. And, and, but you, you don't see music going away in the sense it's always going to be a part of you and you're going to always try to bring that happiness to the people who listen to it and to yourself, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I love that. I can appreciate that. And I don't um, doubt it <laughs> at all because uh, thinking about the Gibson story, it's, it's, it's there as part of you. It's not going to be removed. And I desperately hope that um, there's a gold record hanging on the wall because if that's the case, then you've got some security for your family. <laughs> right? I think that kind of symbolizes the, the monetary part of it. But I also I love that you you get the enrichment and the and the feels from from the show, uh, and, and that's what I expected you to say. It's really great. Well, as we finish here, Jonathan, and I would love for you to tell everyone um, the best way to interact with you because uh, some people are heavy into one social media platform, and some are they don't use social media much at all, and they would just like rather people show up at shows. Um, wh- how would you like to? for people to, to follow you and, and grow with your, your music? Well, um, if, if I'm doing a show near you, I would love for all of you to come out, all of you that are listening. But um, if you can't make it, and if you also want to know about those shows, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Jonathan Hillbrown Music. And it's, um, is my name going to be spelled in the, Description. Yep. yep, it will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it's spelled just like it will be in the description. And it's Jonathan Hillbrown Music on Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok. Or you can also look at my website, which is jonathanhillbrownmusic.com. And it has um, a bio about myself and. Um, my all my upcoming shows and so if i'm doing a show near whoever's listening then you guys come out and support me if you can but if you also want to support me in a different way you can also follow me on all social media platforms and stream your music on repeat right oh yes sir (laughs) that's great jonathan i really look forward to um all this music that I just know is inside you and it's, it's, it's ready to come out and it's going to continue to come out. So I think, um, you know, we're in it for the long haul for you and, 
Um, I appreciate everything that you're doing. I love your dedication. Your, um, your respectfulness um, is off the charts. You're a super respectful um, person, and I think your parents did a great job with that. And um, I, that's going to that's gonna carry you a long way in this life. Uh, I just I appreciate that. So you're a pleasure to talk to. Um, call me back anytime you want. Um, if, when things change and that crystal ball, those five years go by and you're doing those shows, don't forget about me. <laughs> and we'll get you back yes, on and, and we'll see if we were right like let's you know to pencil it in your calendar in five years from now um we can or, or sooner uh we'll do a checkup on, on jonathan and we'll see and how the predictions went does that sound fair yes sir awesome well i wish you the best of luck and again it was a pleasure talking to you and we'll talk to you soon yes sir you too thank right. you yep take care all right bye-bye I pulled up for some fuel at the local station Yeah, I hit the quickie mart for some drinks, food, and conversation This girl put it in park, I wasn't waiting on an invitation Cause it's 4.59 on Friday time And what I'm trying to say is I've only got a minute till quitting time This truck's made for 200 hop inside I'll take you anywhere down to my last time We can get it all started after quitting time If you wait just a minute, honey, what do you say? We can leave after that, i carry you away We've only got a minute, honey, what do you think? Be my Friday night, Saturday, church going Sunday It's my favorite local spot when you're Nashville hot When the music comes on, we start burning up the clock not into nothing, I know it seems like a lot Even the dance floor is burning for what you got Maybe I can call you, baby, wish you would just be my lady Girl, you got me drowning and you know that you're the one to save me Dancing with you, baby, never felt a feeling this amazing Friday night, Saturday, and church going Sunday I've only got a minute till quitting time This truck's made for two, honey, hop inside I'll take you anywhere down to my last time We can get it all started after quitting time If you wait just a minute, honey, what do you say? We can leave after that, I carry you away We've only got a minute, honey, what do you think? Be my Friday night, Saturday, church going Sunday Stopping here at least four days a week But honey, three with you is hotter than the Georgia heat I'm hoping that you feel the same way It'll Be my Friday night, Saturday And baby, be my church going Sunday Yeah, yeah I've only got a minute till quitting time This truck's made for two, honey, hop inside I'll take you anywhere down to my last time We can get it all started after quitting time If you wait just a minute, honey, what do you say? We can leave after that, i carry you away We've only got a minute, honey, what do you think? Be my Friday night, Saturday, church going Sunday Oh, be my Friday night, Saturday, church going Sunday